Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over three-quarters of a million times in 155 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jules Savage, coming to you from Ngunnawal and Ngambri country. This is episode 244 of the Australian Hiker Podcast. And in this week's episode, we go through the great debate, boots versus trail runners. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. Without a doubt, one of the most common discussions I hear in hiking circles, both on trail as well as online forums, is what type of footwear should hikers be wearing? While this discussion includes questions around footwear brands, by far the most common theme is, what should I be wearing, trail runners or boots? In the past, the response to this question would have been a shorter and simpler discussion, but these days with such a huge range of footwear styles and models available on the market, the answer isn't a simple one and can be confusing for newer hikers. So what type of footwear should you be wearing? Now, let's go through the types or availability of different footwear for hiking available on the market. And we'll start off with the heavier versions and move our way lighter. So first and foremost, uh, we're going to look at go through and look at boots. Now, five, ten years ago, when you went through and discussed boots, really you were talking about things that were large, heavy, typically leather or some sort of leather substitute. Uh, but that was what the typical boot tended to look like. But these days, there is quite a range in what we consider to be boots, uh, and we'll go through and look at what those actually are. So the first one we're going to look at is leather hiking boots. And these are the traditional heavy boots that most people are, are used to. And if you think about hiking in boots, particularly if you're new to the, the activity, this is what you're going to have a picture of your mind in. Big, heavy, quite often expensive, but not always, but the traditional uniform for hikers. And I think often it's probably the place where most people are encouraged to start. And, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that. But, you know, it really it, it really does depend on the, the circumstances and the kinds of trails that you, you'll be hiking in. So certainly from my perspective... I actually own four pairs of boots at the moment, uh, and one of those happens to be a, a very heavy grade leather boot. In fact, my size 14 US boots weigh 2.1 kilo for the pair. And traditional acceptance of the impact of footwear on a hiker is for every pound or every kilo on the foot, that's five times the impact on what you're carrying in your pack. So my 2.1 kilo boots... Uh, is the equivalent of, of carrying roughly 10.5 kilos of extra weight on my back. 
Now, certainly, you know, no footwear weighs nothing. There's always some weight involved in that. Uh, but, but, you know, carrying through and using heavy grade leather boots, it does have a physical impact on you as hikers. Having said that, though, there are a number of advantages to, to using a heavy grade leather boot. And, and for me, I don't tend to wear them that often. I'm typically wearing them in, in conditions where I am in the snow and I want a, a very weather proof, snowproof boot that's going to keep me warm and protected. And, and keep your feet dry in those conditions. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think the last time I wore my, my heavy leather boots was winter uh, 2020. Yeah, I think two, 2020 and yeah. we went uh, snowshoeing. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not a common thing that I tend to wear. Now, apart from protection from the cold, uh, heavy grade boots also provide a fair amount of protection for your feet and your ankles as well. So if you're uh, hiking in very uh, rugged terrain where there's lots of roots, there's lots of um, uh, boulders or rocks or talus fields where you are potentially going to uh, trip or sprain your ankle because you there's not you know there's a moving ground underneath you. A heavy grade leather boot isn't a bad way to go, but for me that's the only times that I go through and tend to wear my heavy boots. One other negative tends or a couple of other negatives of heavy grade leather boots tends to be the cost. My boots recommended retail uh, if I were to purchase them again today is just on five hundred and fifty dollars. Um, but they are a long-lasting boot. And I know my previous boots that these ones replaced uh, were around about eight years old. So certainly they are durable. Uh, and probably in the long run, they're probably better value for money uh, because I know that I replace my current trail runners much more frequently than that. Yeah, that's right. And and uh, my leather boots are, are quite old now and... Um, not not at all starting to look as if uh, they're wearing and uh, they'll last a, a little bit longer, but I guess these days I don't wear them that often. The other thing that's worthwhile considering as well, again, if it's in really hot conditions, so you're hiking the Larapenda Trail, not unusual to get, be getting 32 degrees Celsius temperature at any time of the year, if not hotter, uh, and if you've got a heavy grey leather boot on, your feet tend to get fairly hot, they can actually tend to sweat, and that's when you potentially can get blisters. Uh, you know, even going for a thinner sock, you're still going to overheat or more than likely going to overheat in really hot conditions. The other thing we mentioned, they're waterproof, and typically the heavy, a good quality leather-grade boot that's been maintained is waterproof in most cases. Uh, but if you're walking through water, there's a large hole on the top of them where your legs go into the boots. And if you actually are going deep enough that they're, you're submerging the top of the boots, they're going to get water in them you're going to have to stop and empty the water out and they're not going to dry out that quickly. Uh, and in all honesty, if I'm going, going through and wearing a pair of leather boots on a river crossing, I will stop and take my socks off uh, so at least I can actually uh, empty the water out, uh, dry out the boots as best as I can with an absorbent uh, small little towel uh, and then put the socks back on again. Uh, but even then, they, you know, they, they do take a long time to dry out so, again, the potential is if you're doing river crossings, getting the moisture inside your boot, moisture and heat are for equal friction, and that's where the blisters tend to occur. So, having said that, though, um, I have a mountain 
not far behind me that I walk up on a fairly regular basis and have done for many years. It's one of the areas I use to test out footwear in because there's a slope there that's about one in four. So every four metres, you're increasing about one metre in height. When it's wet, it becomes really slippery. When it's dry, it becomes really powdery and becomes really slippery. And the fastest time I have ever done up that trail was in a pair of heavy leather grade boots because they just gave me the feeling of being bolted to the ground. I had supreme traction. This really felt like I wasn't slipping or sliding anywhere. And this is probably one of the few pairs of footwear that they actually do this. But again, if you're doing trying to do big distances, a heavy grade boot does tend to slow you down. And I know that uh, when I did the Bibbleman track, as an example, I was averaging 32 kilometers a day. I wouldn't have been able to do that in a heavy grade leather boot. Um, they just don't. You just can't get the pace and the speed that you can do with a lighter weight uh, pair of footwear. From there, we shift into a something slightly lighter, and we're still uh, looking very similar to the heavy grade leather boots. But in this case here, they're a lighter weight version, often a Gore-Tex material. Uh, or in most cases, they're a, um, a suede leather-looking material. And there's so many different types of these on the market. Just about every company produces them. Mm -hmm. uh, these do tend to be lighter. And I think in the case of the pair that I actually wear, they're around about 500 grams lighter than my leather boots. So again, that's taking a bit of the, uh, the weight and the impact off the body. Uh, they're just as comfortable because my leather boots are very comfortable. Um, uh, but these ones are just as comfortable and they just give you a bit more versatility. So again, they still, if you look after them, they still uh, are reasonably waterproof. They still will work well in the snow and wet conditions, but they just have less weight on them. Uh, and when it came time to buy these boots, the reason I bought them was I was planning on doing a hike where I was expecting potentially to be walking in anything up to about a metre of snow. So I wanted to have a boot that was going to keep me warm and dry, uh, keep me uh, protected, uh, and I opted, rather than using my leather boots, I opted for these ones. And in all honesty, if I was only going to buy one pair of boots, and I do say boots here, these would be the ones that I would buy. Uh, so when my leather boots wear out in the future, when these ones wear out, I'll replace them with that uh, that suede leather uh, style of boot. Yeah, and that style of boot was the boot that I wore when uh, we were doing uh, snowshoeing, and um, rather than the the rather than the leather boots that I have, and you know, for all those things. And for all those reasons that Tim uh, mentioned, um, you get the protection, you get the sturdiness, um, you, you get the warmth, um, but a, a lot less weight in, in your boot and, uh, and a little bit more comfort as well. Moving on from there, there's, we've got two categories, I suppose, for want of a bit of a term in relation to boots. So th this is not an official thing, but from my perspective, what I see on the market there appears to be four different sort of grades or categories within the boot market. So we've already talked about the heavy leather boots. We've already talked about the suede leather boots, which are a bit lighter. Now we move on to what we really class as lightweight and probably even light to midweight sort of boots. These are essentially a trail runner that has a, that has got uh, an additional extension up the leg. So they're boot looking 
you wouldn't wouldn't confuse these for being a, a a trail runner or a running shoe. But again, there's two categories of these. One which is relatively heavy, uh, but much lighter than the uh, the the, the two v- previous versions we've talked about. And the other one is very lightweight, uh, almost as light as a pair of trail runners, um, but not quite. Now, where these boots have come from is from most manufacturers will often produce trail runners, and a lot of them are starting to produce a boot version of those trail runners. So I've given two examples in the written article of this uh, podcast, and one is a boot that's been based on a trail runner, but it is... Not, rather than being soft and pliable like most trail runners are, this is a, a bit more of a halfway point between a trail runner and a, um, a, a suede leather boot. They don't tend to come up as high up the leg. They don't tend to be anywhere near as heavy as the suede leather boots uh, or the leather boots themselves. Um, they do tend to be a bit more rigid, um, but they certainly are getting down in uh, weight uh, and making things a bit more comfortable. Yeah, and because they're not as high, they for those who are looking for ankle protection, they they won't give you as much ankle protection um, as well because they're not coming up high enough around your ankle. Then we move on to the really lightweight uh, boots, and these really are a trail runner that just have a slightly higher uh, piece of material, higher cut, yeah. higher cut that comes up the leg. Now I own. A trail runner version of this boot, and I run, uh, and I also own the boot version. The sole, the construction of the actual footwear themselves, very much the same. Really, the difference tends to be that it's coming up the leg further, providing a bit more support. I find they tend to dry relatively quickly when they do get wet. So, if you are doing river crossings, they're not going to dry as quickly as a standard trail runner, but they dry reasonably quickly. They do help to keep. Uh, dirt and dust and muck out of the inside of the footwear. Uh, so whereas with a trail runner, I will wear a Lycra Gator to do that. With these ones, I don't need to. And if it's a really cold sort of condition, so if you're walking through really frosty sort of grass, it helps to keep your, your feet just that bit drier and a bit warmer. So I guess my issue with this kind of shoe, and if you go to the show notes, there's a there's an article that you can look at that's got some images. Um, but my issue with this kind of low, um, high, higher cut trail runner, I guess, is how I describe it, is um, they're 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 a little bit clown like in terms of the sorts of shoes a clown would wear. You know, so they're a bit floppy, um, and uh, they've just got a top on them. I, I just don't get it. Anyway. So don't really give you the sturdiness. Um, Short of um, reducing the amount of grit that you're going to get into your shoe, I don't quite see the point of them, but anyway. And I think the thing with them is I I do find, even with the really lightweight version of this style of boot, they still do restrict your movement. And I found that I'd gone from wearing the trail runner version of this straight into wearing the boot version and I found that my uh, ankle movement was restricted, which did slow me down. Uh, so uh, it's the sort of thing that um, um, it's an option, and we'll talk about which way you should look at and the things to consider when picking a, 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 some footwear. Uh, but certainly, um, you know, that, that sort of rounds off the, the four different sort of categories of boots themselves. 
Now we'll move on to trail runners. And again, for people that have been into hiking for a while or people that are used to trail running, they'll know what they are. But for a lot of people, they're not quite sure what the term trail runner means. And I suppose the best way to think about this is it's a running shoe that you use to go jogging or running, but it's designed to be worn on natural trails. So rather than concrete or bitumen or grass, you're wearing this on form trails. Uh, you might be walking through mud, you might be walking through uh, tree roots, and you need something that's a bit more robust, a bit more sturdy, has a bit more grip. Yeah, so the the undersole is souped up and uh, and often has a much more robust and um, knobbly kind of undersole. Um, in addition, you'll tend to find there's a bit more protection on the toe in case you kick or, or stumble over rocks or kick, kick timber. Limited, L- but limited. it's there. It's there. Yeah. And it also has a bit more protection on the heel as well. And the material, not always, but quite often the material tends to be a bit more durable because you're in a an environment that is a bit less forgiving than than running around the suburbs. And I think probably the biggest thing with these shoes really is the traction on them. So, you know, running along roads, you don't need a huge amount of traction. Uh, running in, in conditions where, where it can be slippery or really muddy or, or it's slippy because it's really dry and powdery, uh, having that extra traction makes a big difference. The advantage with trail runners is there's a huge range on the market from a number of different companies. The size and shapes vary. The uh, cushioning that's available from being really plush to a bit more of a standard sort of conditioning. Uh, zero drop, uh, and when we talk about zero drop, we mean there's no drop from the heel to the toe. It's just flat. Uh, or the standard sort of shoes which tend to have a drop roughly around about the 8 to 10 millimetres from heel to toe. So you've got a lot more versatility in these. Typically trail runners are cheaper, but not always. Um, My dearest pair of trail runners at the moment is $320 Australian at the time of this podcast. So, you know, two of those, it will surpass a pair of leather boots and they won't last as long as leather boots either. So for me, I do roughly around about 3,000 kilometres a year in walking and hiking. Uh, and for me, that means I will typically go through about five pairs of trail runners, uh, averaging sort of around about the 700 kilometres per pair of trail runners. So for me, I do less kilometres, uh, but I do find the conditions are the things that um, wear my shoes out. So um, not just hard trails, um, but things like if you've spent a bit of time walking through mud or if you're scrambling, um, particularly in and around Blackberry and those kinds of things, um, the trail runners do deteriorate pretty quickly in those conditions. From my perspective, where my trail runners tend to die is the cushioning and support under the, the midfoot in particular tends to go and you can feel it. So, you know, you come back from a walk and you, your feet are sore, whereas they didn't used to be for doing something similar. Um, the outside of my shoes, unless I've been doing some really muddy hiking, looks in really good condition. I think in my life, I've only ever worn out one pair of trail runners because the top's given away. Uh, and that was on my recent South Coast uh, track trip in Tasmania. But these were trail runners that had had a reasonable life anyway, so they uh, they did get a, a quite a good sort of length of life and probably close on a thousand kilometres. Mm. But you know, 
700,000 kilometers, depending on the type of trail runners you go for, is probably about it. Uh, so you will need to replace these more often. And also, if you're keeping them for several years, they will deteriorate as well. So even if you're not wearing them, you know, that doesn't mean that they are static. Um, they will age even if they're not being worn. So it it is a bit of a toss-up. Um, I think they're much more comfortable. That's what I hike in, what I walk in. And um, when I've worn out a pair for hiking, they become my gardening shoes I've got a few pairs of gardening shoes at the moment. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of manage them, uh, but they're not going to last the way the leather boots are going to last, but they are much more comfortable, I think. Yeah, and without a doubt, I mean, you know, if, you, if, you, if comfort is the priority, this is definitely the way to go. There's no doubt about that. Okay, now we've been talking about boots and we've been talking about trail runners and they also throw something else into the mix and that's hiking shoes. Hiking shoes are reasonably common, although you may not necessarily call them that. And these are essentially, they look like trail runners or a pair of running shoes, but they have a much more rigid sole. Uh, They tend to be a much more rigid and durable upper. uh, And in all honesty, you know, you t- there are some brands and some models which are probably the biggest sellers of any type of hiking shoe worldwide on the market and have been for years um, because people just know them. Uh, they sell really well, um, but they are a bit more rigid. And from my perspective, hiking shoes do not have the, tra- the, the traction that either boots or trail runners tend to have. Yeah, I would agree with that. I had a probably a couple of pairs along the way and um you know really they just didn't didn't hold me to the ground and also because of that rigidity um I didn't find them very comfortable so you know if you've got a boot on and it's rigid it's a bit different to a shoe that's rigid so um they certainly weren't for me and the main reason was the lack of traction Having said that, though, they are a bit more durable. Everybody I, yeah, wears them. Everybody wears them. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, I, I, I find that if I, I'm wearing a pair of hiking uh, shoes, I'll typically get about 1,000 to 1,200 kilometres. Uh, now, for a lot of people, that might be two or even three years' worth of use, uh, but certainly for me, I'd still go through three pairs of these on a, on a given year. The question was boots versus trail runners. And I think, you know, from my own personal use, I very much am in the trail runner camp. As I said, I do over 3,000 kilometres a year in boots or trail runners, and probably 95% of that is in trail runners. Um, I'm quite happy to spend the money because of the amount of time that I'm actually out there. I want to be comfortable. Um, I like making a fashion statement and trail runners come from being very plain and boring looking to being very leery. Bright orange. Bright bright sort of (laughs) colours. So, you know, again, from my perspective, I I really just do find that I'm so much more comfortable uh, in trail runners. And if you're comfortable, you'll enjoy your hike more. Having said that, though, if I'm going snowshoeing, if I'm going in conditions where I'm walking over large boulder fields and uh, ankle uh, 
care is, is a real consideration, I will shift into boots. If I'm doing a hike where I expect to be going through not just a couple of centimetres of snow, but you know, um, halfway up the calf sort of snow, I definitely will wear boots. Uh, but, so in that respect, I very much, as I said, I'm a trail runner person, uh, but I do, as I said earlier on in this podcast, own four pairs of boots. Uh, and there's one pair out of that that I will particularly choose when I have the option. Yeah, so I'm a little bit similar. I'll, um, as a general rule, opt for the trail runners. Um, if grit is going to be an issue, I'll wear a pair of Lycra gaiters the way Tim does. Um, uh, if cold's going to be an issue, if wet's going to be an issue, I'll wear a what I would consider a high, hybrid boot which is essentially uh, one of the suede-looking boots, uh, which is a little bit more uh, rigidity uh, than any of the trail any of the trail options, um, but not a leather boot. Yeah, and I, mean, I must admit, from my perspective as well, as I said, I own four pairs of boots. Really, if I if I am given a choice, there's one of those four that I'll pick every time, and I'll leave the others just in case sort of thing. So I'm not going to throw them out because they're still in good condition. But as I said, when it comes time to – when all four pairs have died and I have to replace them, I will actually end up going for another pair of Gore-Tex or the suede leather sort of boots simply because I think they you – know, I tend to be – I like the extremes. The lightweight uh, trail runner style boot, um, as I said, from my perspective, I just don't get it. I prefer the trail runners or the boot not the, a halfway point in the middle. Yeah, me, me me, too. And, you know, I think the main thing here is, um, you know, for me, um, I actually struggle to get um, a, a boot that is wide enough for my foot. So that's another consideration. So there are only a few brands that I can go to. Um, and I do also find that the leather boots – the fit isn't as wide as as what I need, so that kind of pushes me out. While I've got a pair of leather boots, um, for that reason, they're not as comfortable um, as those Gore-Tex type uh, boots. So you know, and then the other thing is you have to think about. So the fit is important. The other thing is that the trails that you're walking on. What's the predominant trail that you'll be t- trail type that you'll be using? Um, and what kind of footwear is suitable for that. And I think for people first starting hiking, it's going to depend on what you go for will depend on a couple of things. When you first start hiking, just grab a pair of old runners out of the the cupboard, (laughs) not the the brand new ones. Have a play, see what you think. Uh, think, They're not giving you enough support or they're not giving you enough traction. Maybe you want something heavier. Uh, Don't go out and buy a, a brand new pair of hiking footwear uh, without saying, A, you like it, and B, what sort of hiking are you going to be doing? Yeah, and I think, you know, you can get lots of good advice in uh, the outdoor stores, um, but they do, in my experience, they, they do tend to push you into uh, two, two kind of places. One is the boot of different kinds, and the other one is uh, the hiking shoe that we, we talked about, which is the, the sturdy looking runner with the the really poorly gripping sole. I, again, I just don't get the poorly gripping sole, but yeah. And I think, it, I mean, 
you know, if you've got friends that are into hiking and they make recommendations, it'll often be what they tend to use as a starting point. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's it's about me, not about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you um, uh, go into the store, again, it depends on whether they uh, they will always sell boots. They won't necessarily sell trail runners. Uh, so you'll find you'll you'll often start somewhere. And, and I must admit, this is probably not a bad place if you're going to buy a pair of new shoes for hiking is maybe buy one of the lightweight pair of boots uh, and then think, well, okay, this isn't giving me enough support or it's not giving me enough protection. You'll go heavier into one of the heavier boots or you you don't mind it, but you wouldn't mind a bit more mobility and freedom and then you'll shift towards the trail runner style. So I think that's one of the big pluses of the Hike, the trail runner style of boots that they can – it's a good starting place to go through and work with. Yeah. And, look, I just keep coming back to, you know, no, not everybody can have a, a cupboard full of hiking boots and, and shoes. So primary considerations are comfort, you know, what's comfort, what's comfortable for you, and um, match that with the type of trail uh, that you'll mostly – be walking on. And I think in all honesty, if you get really into hiking, you're likely to own a couple of different options. So the one, you know, whether it be a boot or a trail runner, you use most of the time. Uh, and then you might use uh, a, a lighter or heavier version for the occasional times you you do hit the snow or you or you really groomed sort of trail that's easy to walk on and you don't mind having less protection uh, that, that is often offered by a trail runner. So I suppose the answer to this question, and we probably really haven't answered this yet, <laughs> there, there is no one choice and there is no right answer. The um, answer is it depends. Yeah, <laughs> the answer is it depends. So as I said, I very much fall into the trail runner camp, but I do own and I do use boots occasionally, but it's rare. I've seen most other people, particularly if they've been hiking for a long time, it's hard to convince people to shift across to trail runners. But the other thing I'd also mention here as well is as you get older and it becomes a bit harder to hike, having a bit more freedom and mobility is not a bad thing rather than having something that's going to bog you down because it's so heavy. Uh, but again, on the plus side, it gives you more support. So if you're more likely to fall, it's not a bad option to have that bit more stability. Okay, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. and I'm sure it hasn't really cleared up the answer here, <laughs> uh, but it ha- I, we hope it has given you some uh, food for thought and it might steer you in a direction about what you might go through and look at. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.